It's the podcast specifically for the Australian country music industry. Our country. Conversations with prominent Australian country music identities. Recorded and produced in Tamworth, Australia's country music capital at Radio 2TM. And now, the host of our country, 2TM presenter and award-winning singer-songwriter, Sally Ann Witten. Welcome to Our Country, the podcast series specifically for and about the Australian country music industry. And my guest today is fellow Tamworth local, or used to be at least. Well, we'll, we'll still claim her because we claim the good ones. Felicity Urquhart, <laughs> hello. <laughs> Oh, that's very sweet. Well, I do do feel like Tamworth is still home. It's my well, my fair income home. All that childhood, you know, my family, my cousins, uh, mum and dad's still there. It is uh, the place where my shoulders certainly come down and I do relax when I'm back in the New England. Well, I'm really glad to hear that because we do, when we play your songs or we talk about you on air, only good things, of course, um, but we always refer to you as um, our very own Felicity Urquhart. So is that is that a nice, do you feel good about that or is it kind of like, guys, I haven't lived in Tamworth oh. for how long now? You know, how does that oh, make you feel? No. I love it. It's so lovely to have a connection to a community and a place and to know where you come from. And it's something that uh, I love to instill in my own girls to, to love where they're being brought up and their kids that are being brought up now on the Central Coast and that's because that's where my life is, is now these days. Uh, but to be proud of where you come from and to know that place of birth and, um, and, and feel connected. So it's really wonderful. Yes, I absolutely love being known as uh, the girl from Tamworth. Oh, that's good. So tell us a little bit about that. Growing up, because you started from a really, really young age, and as you said, your mum and dad and your sister were, were here as well, and they're still here, your mum and dad. How, yep. What was it like growing up and kind of learning your craft from such an early age in Tamworth, which is the country music capital? Well, it was a, a case of starting out busking into the country music uh, side of the of the town. Um, I mean, I, I did a Stedford's playing piano and I sang and the local musical productions, but it wasn't until I took to the street with my cousins busking and I was 11 and uh, my cousins are both into music now, Anthony Wormsley and Belinda. They yeah. both are, are, are musos and teach as well, so they've... They're um, giving back in a big way, and they're both really talented, so I'm super proud of them. And in those early days, though, uh, to be local uh, and out playing, there weren't a lot of kids that were playing country music. It was still something that people kind of scoffed at a mm-hmm. bit, you know, going back to school. I remember them starting high school, and it was kind of, you know, I was pointed at as the, the kid that was busking, and it was not a cool thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was well before Keith Urban was you know, the big claim to fame and, and uh, internationally uh, famous um, after his star-maker road to success. And, and so it was a different time. And even locally, that to prove I was serious about wanting a career in country music, you really had to stick at it, keep going to the gigs, keep showing up, keep being present. And, and I guess it just took up... I don't know if it took extra time to, to show the industry that I was serious about it and, and that I... I really did want a career in, in country music. And how did you find the local music scene here with the you know the musicians that were here? Were they supportive or? Um, oh yeah, yeah. So they encouraged you and helped you along. Yeah. Absolutely. Look, I, I was uh, very very lucky to get uh, a look in in those early days. Everyone was always happy to 
jump in and, and help back me, teach me chords, teach me how to follow a chart and to lead a band, um, uh, Alan Orish, um, the Brown family, uh, Stephen Bums, uh, Six Adams, so many great musos that really had time for me. And, you know, we really must thank the adults in, in any industry and line of work that do pass it on to the next generations and, and inspire and educate them with knowledge and information and, and passing it on. It is a really great thing that they, they gave me that time because I wouldn't be here today without all of those wonderful conversations and, and chats backstage or side stage or on stage during a, a performance and, and it just lifted my spirits and gave me confidence. So a big, huge thanks to all of them. I think it's we're lucky in that way for anyone who's from maybe somewhere where there's a really solid country music club, which you don't see many. I think there's still there are still around, but probably not, maybe not as active or as visible as they were back in our day. Um, oh yeah, you know. But really lucky to have people like that to show you the ropes because now it's I think it's that much harder, and I think there's that expectation now that the way to do that is to go on the Voice or to you know, to to do it that way and it's not really the way. I mean, it's so much, you get so much out of having people like mentors like that around you and it was just, you're so lucky to have people like that. Well, I, I think, yes, I mean, I, I certainly was and you relate to that as well, Sal, but there's also the young generation that are happy to jump online and search out their favourite artists and look for lessons and get tutoring online. So there are, there are, it ebbs and flows, doesn't it? So mm. what we took as a, a great benefit, um, the face-to-face hands-on, if there are kids that are in remote areas that can't access yeah, those opportunities, right. there is the online world of connection now that they are learning banjos in their bedrooms and mandolins <laughs> and guitars. And, <laughs> and, and it's, it, there is an, an, a new wave of uh, young artists and, and writers that are coming out that are learning it on their own with those tutorials and, and coming out um, perhaps not with the same people skills, but then hopefully they pick that up along the way. Yeah, hopefully. That's um, that's certainly something that I think we all need to work on, uh, people skills. And I wonder yeah. whether the, um, some people more than others, and I wonder whether the online stuff that's happening so much more, as you say now, whether we do lose a little bit of that connection, but you know, I guess down the line we learn it. it might just take a little bit longer. Well, hopefully there's still some adults in, in the lives of, of the, the next crop that are a, a voice of reason and, and keeping them grounded in yes. whatever we choose to do. You still need to be grounded because yeah. it's a fickle industry, the entertainment one, and, and more so than ever we all realise after the, the, the COVID situation that you, it, it does bring out the fact that if that's the sole income, how important it is to to be really good at your craft, mm. really practice, to stand out from the pack, to be the one that gets, you know, that gets the jobs, I guess, and, and, and stands out to make a solid living. It can be done, but there are thousands across, uh, you know, each state, and that's just on our own patch in our own yeah. country, let alone on the international stage. Yeah, that's exactly right. Now, we're mentioning there about growing up in Tamworth and you, you alluded to how when you sort of got your break and got maybe a record contract and got further to your mm. next stage in career, how do you think that being from Tamworth, was that 
a factor in any way. So I know that I find myself sometimes I get a bit of a cringe factor these days when you tell people you're from Tamworth, uh, especially locally. It's not exciting, you know. So I feel like sometimes some of the locals might miss out, which is weird mm. because in other places, when you tell people that you're from Tamworth, they go, oh, the country music capital, that must be amazing. So it's kind yeah. of, it's an interesting conundrum. I don't know, did you find any of that when you were making your next step forward? Yeah, absolutely, and, and you're, you're bang on there with that, Sal. It, it is it's, uh, an unusual thing, and as you say, any time I travel abroad or interstate, it, it was um, an exciting thing to be from country music capital, and yet when you're there, you feel like, well, you have to really prove yourself, and yet yeah. there's this wonderful community and, and support network, and I guess, um, I'm not sure how we go about changing that, but it is such a great um, support network when it comes to uh, moving forward, what the, the local the council's done in, in, in looking after the industry of country music and creating opportunities and building, the, I guess, the brand of country music and, and still moving forward. You know, mm. they, are, uh, they haven't stayed back in, in, the, in the dark ages. They're really pushing new ways of uh, reaching country music fans. And, and so, I, I mean, and I've, I've always had this discussion with artists saying, well, who are the gatekeepers? Who are the people that yeah. make the decision? And, and I don't know that there is any who. Would, I mean, it's ever-evolving, isn't it? And, and new blood comes in, and, and I guess uh, it's, it, we're, all at, we're all part of it. We're all the, the people that make the decisions, um, the records we buy, the concerts yes. we go to. So we're all the gatekeepers. Yeah, I think that's the best way to look at it. And I, I do feel like Australian country music uh, industry is a little bit different in that way. And that's one of the things that sets us apart. It is very much, as you say, we're our own gatekeepers. I think that's a pretty cool thing. Mm, yeah, well, I borrowed that from someone else. <laughs> <laughs> <Ask> it on. <laughs> we'll get that out there. I like it. Patent that one. So tell us, um, I know that you're really um, very close to your mum and dad and your sister, Beck, and you uh, guys have got really strong family connections. How important do you think it is being um, forging a career in music to have that family support around you? Oh, well, for me, and I can only go my story, I wouldn't have a career in, in music without their undying, unwavering support of the miles that my family did um, with my sister and I, we'd go school holidays to country music festivals around uh, the country. Which what a what a wonderful opportunity for kids in, in two parts to, to travel and see our own beautiful landscape, meet amazing people, and have conversations with strangers along the way, and, and at gigs in the audience, and then backstage meeting young artists that want to play and pick country music and uh, we just loved it and mum and dad would either tow the caravan or or pack a tent and away we went and it was so lovely that um well mum and dad used those opportunities or looked at it as opportunities for us to also have family holidays that way all surrounded with music so uh it, it was just a beautiful upbringing and uh, we were very very blessed and if it wasn't um uh, music in the early days there was also lots of great sporting opportunities coming out of Tamworth and we did a lot of tennis netball hockey touch footy so wow. I think that having those regional country um, upbringing that we were lucky enough to have that there's all that there for kids that, that uh, you know in these regional towns and, and I'm, I know that in our sister cities 
places like Wagga, Wagga Wagga. Um, we marry a lot of our friends' uh, upbringing as well that did all that music and sport together. And I think it's active country kids. Yeah, absolutely. Now, being from Tamworth, it's not a surprise that you were started into country music, but was the influence to be a country singer, did that come from your mum and dad? Was there lots of country music records around when you were little? <laughs> yeah, absolutely there was. <laughs> uh, but they weren't saying, here, be a country music artist or anything. It was always just kids just... Find something you love. Yeah. And my dad always said, if you're lucky enough to find something that puts a smile on your face to get out of bed every day, then you'll, you'll be a lucky person. And um, that's what you want to do in life because there's a lot of sad people in the world. And, and dad was totally right. Yeah, to be able he to was. jump out of bed. And, yeah, and, and to love doing music. And, and I have uh, the fortune of sort of spreading the music uh, not just on the on stage performance, but when I work in radio and, and television, it's all because of music and talking to people. So I've been lucky that it has given me these other opportunities that have branched out into other fields that I never knew I was going to love as much as actually writing songs and singing for people. Yeah, isn't that funny how love turns out? How do you feel that, uh, so you're on Saturday Night Country, obviously, and uh, you've done some work on TV as well. How do you feel like that uh, works in with your music career? Well, it's a constant juggle. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> it's, it's a real effort. You you have to make it work, um, and, and no one plans your diary other than yourself. You have to move the chess pieces, juggle the children, and... Uh, make sure that the school attendance is up to speed and then and pop come again my wonderful family to the rescue um, and and it's just you make it work and I guess it's always that commitment to, to being a, an active person mm-hmm. and I spoke about my childhood being active and it has flowed into adulthood but I don't like sitting idle I even struggle to sit and and be still just to watch a movie in yeah. its entirety without jumping up to get a cup of tea or something. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm a fidget. I'm not sure. But um, I like to keep busy, and it seems to keep me, keep my juju going. I don't know. It's good for my, my, my well-being. Yeah, absolutely. Keeping busy is good, I reckon. Uh, what's There's some saying about um, laziness is the devil's work or something. What is that saying? I'll, I'll go with that. Yeah, idle hands are the devil's work. I don't know, something like that. So we'll go and with if, that. If you, and the other flip side is if you want something done, don't you ask a busy person? That's what they say. That's what they say. Mm. Although I think a few people could probably ask both of us a few less things to do. That would be cool too. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's true. And, and yet I'll also put my hand up to say I'm the best procrastinator there is. Me too. I can't find a myriad of things to clean when I know I've got a load of work to do. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I think that's good, though, because I always say, you know, when I'm procrastinating about, you know, doing whatever, doing the washing, I'll do my tax. So things get done, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm giving you the thumbs up. (laughs) Yeah, excellent, excellent. Now, Felice, you had a little bit of a a break from from a full-time music career anyway when the kids were little, Mm. Um, and then you came back with this amazing album um, produced by beautiful Glenn, which is just stunning. Um, But that's a little bit of a break in between records or between Mm. 
you know, between full slogs at, yeah. the, at, at your career. So did you find there were lots of changes in, in the industry or how you promote yourself during that time? Did you feel different coming back into that? Oh, absolutely. Uh, luckily, through this 10-year break of my solo album release, uh, the, the last album was Landing Lights and the current album, Frozen Rabbit, uh, yeah, they were 10 years apart. And, wow. uh, so I was, I was overdue and the old story of, you know, the plumber's pipes always <laughs> needed attending, but last to get seemed to because yep. my husband was the producer and, and busy touring and, and working and, and playing for other artists. And, um, it was lovely that we could find, we get that finished together and, um, it was such a, a change from when uh, the, the previous album had come out. And during that 10-year period, though, I had released two albums with my friends, Kevin Bennett and Lynn Botel. Now, mm-hmm. um, in that time, though, the online uh, media uh, streaming and, um, and connecting with fans ramped up immensely. And I remember Lynn would always drag KB and I sort of kicking and screaming, come on, guys, we need to do these social media posts and we need to connect this one and, and do a little story here and I was um, probably not as bad as KB <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm dubbing him in here but he'll be first to say it too though. Um, it wasn't something we were overly um, au fait with all that comfortable with this new medium of how we had to connect and uh, then when my album came out, ABC brought me in for a meeting and said, we'd like to talk about your online presence and your social media. And I said, yeah, I don't really have one. And they said, that's exactly what we <laughs> want to talk about. <laughs> so, it, yes, it, it's saying what a change in 10 years, uh, that, that side of the business, it, gone were the days of uh, print media being the means and radio uh, ads and, and, and interviews being the way that we would connect. Now there was all of this social media that you ran yourself, that you pushed and got busy. So, um, and I still, I, I've still got to go keep on that and probably am not the best um, role model for those that are looking for social media guidance, <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm in there. I'm having a go. Well, that's the main thing. And, and I do see you pop up from time to time. And I think, you know, there's something to be said for less is more sometimes. There is, I feel it really at the moment because everybody's doing so much online, which is great. But I think there's a little bit of that fatigue, online fatigue happening. There's concerts, online streaming performances all the time. And I think yes. it's people are just maybe getting a little bit fatigued with it. So I think you're on to something. I think less is more. <laughs> Thanks, Val. <Beth. laughs> I like how you twisted that. Thank yeah, you. yeah. <laughs> I could be like your um, PR person or something, like marketing. Yeah, that's right. yeah, yeah, you're on. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. So, how do you feel about now when you see um, the kids coming through? And uh, not even kids. I use that because I'm so old. You know, people younger than us coming through or new to the industry coming yeah. through, um, doing things like the Academy of Country Music and all that kind of stuff. Um, it, it is very much a different industry than we were kind of treading the boards. Mm. You know, when we started well, out, it, it sure is. And, and you know, we were speaking about the, the local uh, help I received and yourself, musicians, and, yes. and so we were getting that sort of academy tutoring uh, in real life. Yes without signing up for a, a course as such. And I guess to have the intensive 
workshopping sessions that they get. It is a great opportunity and it's lovely to meet people uh, around the same age that are into what you're doing, that you're not feeling like you're the only person in your community that loves country music or that wants to be the next um, Fanny Lumsden or, or um, you know, or Troy Cassadaly. So it's really great. Through the Academy, there is this opportunity to meet, network and learn at the same time. I've had many a discussion with people saying, but there's not enough room in the industry for all this, the new crop. But uh, look, we need to we need to look to the future. We need yes. to make sure we have new artists coming through. But the, the academy is not just about making superstars uh, and and the next famous name on on a poster around the country. But it's also about getting the next crop of musicians uh, ready for studios and pro- producing and all of that. So that's the side of the academy that I love as well. That we are actually looking after um, and, and making sure that we have the, the, good, the good eggs ready to go for the next generation of all of those people, the producers. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this idea that to be successful in, in the music industry, especially the country music industry, which has been described, you know, from time to time as things like a cottage industry because it is a smaller population and a smaller industry. But this idea that the only people who are successful are the Fanny Lumsdens and the Felicities and the Troys and the Lees, there's a whole tier of people making a really great living who we still mm. kind of know their names, but they don't. maybe they don't have record deals. Maybe, um, you know, they're not mm. known everywhere, but they're making a life and yep. making a living out of what they love and making music, creating music, you know, being great musicians or, as you say, being producers or musicians musicians and just kind of being in the background so this idea that to be a success you have to be super famous um there's actually an entire industry built underneath that too absolutely yeah absolutely so i think uh, there is room for all for all of us i do think so yeah I, I think so and and yes we don't have the population like our our friends in the states to have you know you can be big in texas and, and have a huge career yes. <laughs> it's not quite the, the <laughs> same in australia we probably do more miles and and and, and yeah, to make the same sort of income i suppose but um but we have a special industry and and i love that we uh are as good as our our friends in the states we have all of the great musos right here all the equipment all the gear yeah. i think that um we have uh, I mean, I've been to the States, I've written, I've recorded, I've experienced that. And it is wonderful to go and, and put yourself out there and meet some of your heroes and get those opportunities. And uh, I, I don't think that it's uh, a detriment to our own industry. I think it's great, though, to be able to come back and share that with our our local scene and then cross-pollinate and and, and learn from it. Yeah, absolutely. That's the way to go. So if you could give some advice to a, a up-and-coming performer that just wants to get involved and, you know, make a career in country music, what would you say to them? I would say here's some things that I would look at if I was here. I would look at opportunities like the Academy of Country Music, the CMAA. I would look at the Writers' Retreat at the DAG, winter and spring, and get involved. I would look at going to many singer-songwriter gigs, uh, open mic nights, to get opportunities to pop up and, and play and put your songs in for those um, uh, writers' 
competition. Uh, putting it out there is a great thing, and if you happen to get lucky, it's also good PR on a on a press release. If you um, happen to you know make it into the elite finalist uh, selection, so they're just a few things. Uh, Carter and Carter also have a songwriters retreat that's um, doing great things. So if, if that's if you're a writer, but definitely if you're a musician, the academy, and then talk to. Um, engineers and, and producers get chatty, go to the gigs that they're involved with and, and even put your hand up for a bit of um, the old kind of um, oh, year 10. We used to do it in year 10. I'm not, not sure if they still do, but um, uh, school, what was it again? Um, oh, where you would go for two weeks and get work experience. Oh, <laughs> yes, with you now. Yeah, sorry, I'm thinking um, <laughs> Central Australia tour. No, but different. Not, not a holiday. <laughs> <laughs> no, work experience. Um, yes. You don't have to be a high school student to get work experience. You can put your hand up and say, hey, I'll, I would love to come into the studio and roll some leads, sit and learn and watch. So there's always ways of putting yourself out there. And is there things, Fliss, when you look back at your career, is there things that you wish you could have done differently or done in another way that, you know, you think might have got you somewhere quicker or, you know, differently? Well, you know what? In the last 12 months, uh, regret is something that I've had to learn to not have and Mm. and to look back and be... Are disappointed with things, decisions that you've made is it's not healthy. And I think forward is the way we all move. So to look with uh, perhaps a better perspective on how you would do things moving in, in the forward motion is much healthier than trying to look back going, gee, if I'd have just done yeah. that or if I didn't do that. I think we all have those moments in our lives on any level regarding any part of our personal lives to professional that we'd all maybe taken a different path here or there but the ifs, whats, maybes don't do us any good so I think for forward uh, movement it's better to have a positive outlook and and think okay I've learned that I won't do that again. Maybe this would be a better way to go about it. Yes. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to frame it. You can send yourself mad if you start looking back too much and wishing you'd done things differently. Well, that old saying, you can wish your life away, can't you? So just yes. let's all have a go. And, and, and I think the support um, for each other is, is a really um, important part of our industry. There is, uh, across the board from starting out and, and you see that at the academy the tutors that come back time and time again to give back to the industry it is a very um, connected uh, yeah, business that we have is, is the business of country music we know who's coming out where we're across the board we'll have opportunities for opening acts to, to get that um, exposure and, and we'll talk to them on radio so we're not um, afraid of giving others a go and sharing the stage with them. I think that's something that our industry is very known for across the board. And I hear it when I'm in mixed genre company and they say, oh, your country, you're all friends with each other and you're all so nice. And I say, yeah, we are. That's right. <laughs> Why <Correct>. not? <laughs> I think that's it. It does set us apart too. That's another thing that sets the country music in Australia industry apart from all the others, is that big community. And I hear it, and you would hear it too. You know, when you're interviewing people, yeah. especially over the festival, we ask all the people that come in, "What do you love about Tamworth? What do you love about the festival?" And everyone says exactly the same thing, completely unprompted by me. We love mm. catching up with people uh, that we don't get to see, and you know, country music is just one big 
family, you know. And yeah. how important would you say, I mean, you've had the 12 months from hell probably over the last yeah. 12 months. I can't imagine what it's been like to be in your shoes. When you go through the loss that you've been through and, and such a hard time, how important was that community for you? Oh, well, uh, the community of country music, um, well, I call them the army of love, came to my aid and my side, propped me up, uh, held my hand, rubbed my back. Um, they were absolutely everything for me. Uh, losing Glenn to suicide, and, and we spoke about it on your on your program too, so mm. how, how it had been such a, uh, uh, a devastating personal thing to go through, and yet the, the ripples through the industry, it was a devastating loss for my friends, our friends, and those folks that didn't even know Glenn but heard his playing or saw his artwork or watched him on stage, uh, they, they knew of his talents and or heard his name. To lose him the month my album, the month after my album came out, it was, it was it, none of it made sense. And no. It was it was uh, yeah, so devastating. And then to to pick yourself up after that and to move forward and to look after our two children and our little girls and all of that devastation was uh, a, yeah, the, the biggest event of my life and, and life changing. And then to start this year with a, a, an incredible Tamworth Festival winning more golden guitars than uh, yes, <laughs> we cheered so loud. <laughs> we cheered so loud. <laughs> Thank you so much. It, it, was, uh, it was the army of love was was right there, and I felt every every pulse of the heartbeat of everybody for us, for the three of us, and it was um, and for Glenn, it was. A lovely kickstart to the year, and and uh, and then we're raring to go to continue touring, uh, and to, to keep the wheels going because I did get my happy back, and and it is a choice you have to make to pick yourself up, mm. and you have to make that mind decision to move forward and not stay down in the hole because it's not healthy, and and when you've got little faces looking at you, you've got to keep. Yeah, you've got to watch what you say and, and move forward. So that's what we're doing. It was tough through the COVID oh, um, I can imagine. A lockdown. And I thought I was started actually, I was backpedaling. Things were sort of spiraling downwards again for me. So if it wasn't for radio, I probably would have found myself in a, in a bigger hole again. But um, we're, we're back and school's back and, and gigs are starting to be uh, locked in. So. Uh, onwards and upwards, back to being forward propelled. <laughs> it's so important, but, you know, nobody would have, uh, I mean, we would have all just completely understood if you had, you know, fallen over a little bit there. We just would have mm. gone, yeah, that, well, that's what I would do. But it's well, amazing did, that you've uh, been able to pick yourself up the way you have. <laughs> it really well, is, you. it is extraordinary. And I know you say that, well, I had to, I didn't have a choice, but many, many people in that position would not have done that. <laughs> I'm pretty, that'd maybe, be me. Well, uh, maybe folks just, you try to fall in your own time and, and I, I've certainly done that. And I had a lot of people saying, are you okay? Have you, are you dealing with it? Are you running from something? And no, I, I've, I've dealt, I've felt every emotion I think is, is uh, on the emotional spectrum and uh, it's, it's a massive thing to go through. So it's not something you can lock away in a cupboard and, and forget about or yeah. move forward 
without acknowledging what's gone on and, and also to then look at your own life and, and you make change and you make choices that perhaps I wouldn't have made at least 10 mm. years ago. You certainly reevaluate your life and, and what is important and um, there's a lot of things that really are the core of importance in, in all of our lives as human beings and, and, and connection is the utmost important conversation with people. Yeah, absolutely. It really is. Um, and how do you feel about music itself being bringing you back from, from from the brink, I guess, for lack of a better word? Do yeah. you feel like the the art of performing and singing and maybe creating songs, did, did you find that therapeutic and helpful as well to get uh, yeah. you happy back? Absolutely. I, I, I think it saved my life, actually. Uh, I was lucky enough to have... Uh, as as I say, this love around me, but my girls, uh, when I first picked the guitar up and this squeaking voice came out and they just started singing with me, mm-hmm. playing Lego around the coffee table, I think, and I thought, okay, I think I can do it. Look at these little faces and they were just into it like like you, like normal. And, and then I started writing songs. I went to the writer's retreat at the DAG and that was my first, uh, was it one of the hardest experiences though but also rewarding and these songs started pouring out and I've been in a song club uh, this year thanks to our friend Sam Hawksley back in Nashville oh, yeah. Sammy invited me to be part of this song club and, and a prompt comes every week and you've got to deliver a song weekly and so uh, that sort of kicked off not long after he went back after the festival and so there's about 19 tunes in the bag <laughs> Already past the wow. other things I'd written in the part of last year. So I've got material ready to go for another album. It'll be the finding the time and space to record them. Um, but, but I will, and uh, I'm keen to keep the wheels moving. Yeah, well, that is exciting. Um, a little bit showy-offy, but I'll let you have that one. <laughs> like, fine, 19 songs in the bag, that's fine. <laughs> if, I don't know how long I can do a song club every week. I think, really? I think I'm going to oh, go out. I just, out. I just did. I literally just sent you a song, Sam. Seriously. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you can start though. your own song club. Go on, Sal. Yeah, maybe I should. Maybe that's what I need to kickstart my little creative uh, force again. There's nothing like a... A deadline to make oh, it happen. Isn't that so true? For me, anyone. So yeah. true, so true. Um, Fliss, it's been an absolute joy to catch up uh, and speak all things country music. We often get a chance to, you know, talk about your latest record or, or what your song, mm. your new single, but it's really good to be able to just talk about the country music industry and lovely to get that insight into how you started um, and how you first got your crack here at, from Country Music Capital in Tamworth. So I just want to say thank you so much and looking forward to the new album of 19 songs <laughs> yeah it won't, it won't be that long is it? Good. imagine how long that would take me to record it oh, goodness. Um, oh well but, and, uh, I should also give a big old shout of thanks to Eric and Hilary Scott from Hadley Records that yes. were, lo- were locally the, the, the gang the team that gave me that first record opportunity and and you know I was just a wee thing of 15 and, and they saw something and gave me that chance to come and sing in the studio so always heartfelt thanks to to both of them yeah that's great and it's so great that you can acknowledge and remember where you came from i think that's really important for everybody to do that ah well thank you i love tamworth and we love you thank you for all the work you do 
My pleasure. I love it. It's uh, a labour of love, shall we say. (laughs) (laughs) Felicity Urquhart, our guest on our very own episode of Our Country here from 2TM. Felicity, thank you so much. My, a heartfelt pleasure for you. I, I haven't stopped smiling, and that's uh, I'm here with a cup of tea, and it's just been lovely. Oh, perfect! I love that. <laughs> Thank you so much. Our country, the Australian country music industry podcast, is a production of Radio Two TM Tamworth. Our host is Sally Ann Witten.